0: You just don't get, huh? Lord, let me know if you got us Preaching about prophets It ain't no one man can stop us Bow down to a goddess Bow down to a goddess Bow down to a goddess It ain't no one man can stop us Bow down to the goddess 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 That's a goddess, you got it? Hello and welcome to The Strong Women Power Hour today, your podcast and radio show to encourage, educate, and empower you on your path through womanhood. I'm your host and women's empowerment specialist, Kelly Hickey. I'm the director of Strong Woman Co., a company designed to help women be their strongest, happiest, and healthiest selves. We have one-on-one programs, online workshops, um, and women empowering things on our websites, everything from jewelry to brand new products, especially for pride-inspired, um, by today's show, but actually I've been working on it for a couple of years and finally bit the bullet and put uh, three new products up on um, the the site on strongwomanco.com, just hit up the shop. And uh, these are for Pride um, and it is a Simone de Beauvoir um, quote that I have on a mug and um, a tote bag and a backpack. And these are all uh, eco-friendly products that I sought out. Prices for shipping is included in the, uh, sorry, the shipping is included in the prices. I'll put those links in the show notes. And the quote is, one is not born, but rather becomes a woman. And I always love that Simone de Beauvoir um, quote for many reasons, but in particular uh, to remind us that a woman is something that you become. And uh, to go against uh, anyone who uh, is uh, going to say that uh, a trans sister of mine isn't a a sister or isn't a woman, I will say, no, you do not get to decide that uh, because we are not born women, we become them. Uh, so uh, I love that quote and that is my support for uh, my trans sisters um, and anyone uh, else who feels like they're becoming a woman or have become a woman. Um, and so those are up on the website. Today's uh, show is extra special special to me. It's with Rhea Rollman, um, a longtime friend of mine who um, has uh, recently in the last couple of years transitioned um, from previously uh, presenting as a man to now becoming a woman. And I think she explains a lot. That's really super helpful. I think that our conversation is something that uh, folks will will allow their, their brains to expand on, on what a lot of these talks are about. Um, and it's just about exposure, and it's about connection, and listening to one another's stories, and it's so powerful to hear uh, another woman's story, to to hear of a woman who has who has uh, is expressing herself finally as the woman that she always felt like she was, uh, but could wasn't safe to be. And just a shout out to all the brave, amazing people. Uh, out there who are finally able to express themselves. Shout out to those people who did the struggle so that uh, folks could express themselves. Um, Happy pride, everyone. Love is love. Be who you are. We are making this world better. Each time we uh, have the audacity and the courage to dare to be who we are. So I will give it away to uh, Rayo Roman. I hope you enjoy this conversation. I really did. I love walking shoulder to shoulder with all the sisters, brothers and others who are making this world a more beautiful, kind and loving place. Well, thank you so much raya for joining us today on the strong women power half hour or hour i never know as you know as the um uh, one of the managers at chmr who gets my podcasts who are varying lengths from time to time and you're always so gracious finding a way to fit my show in thank you for that um, and I'll just give uh, acknowledgement where acknowledgement is due is um, I would not have um, as professional as a radio show podcast. I would not have a radio show and certainly not this thing kind of podcast if you not had invited me to CHMR to do that. Uh, so thank you so much for that and being such a big part of Strong Women Co. And it's because of you. You know, we have listeners all over the world that we're able to uh, get in touch with and uh, encourage. So huge mega thanks for that.
1: Well, thank you for doing it. I love your podcast, so I look forward to to hearing plenty more.
0: Well, um, so uh, we have been friends for I don't know how long, um, twenty
1: years. Long time, yeah. Let's say so it's
0: probably twenty years. Uh, when <laughs> I was actually, yeah 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 uh, when I was in doing my undergrad, um, and then grad work, uh, we were activists together in various kinds of good progressive, um. Uh, issues everything from reducing tuition fees to equality to reducing uh, racism and and, uh, and all of that we were we were all and and we were good good chums and buddies um, um lots of fun and partying and and being pirates and <laughs>
1: <laughs> Worth fun I like yeah. a bit of piracy
0: yeah piracy in, in the real fun ways uh where we dress up with pirates uh, as pirates in various ways. Uh, but um, yeah, it was um, it was very cool for me to learn about uh, when you were transitioning, and um, uh, honestly, um, you were always one of the best people I knew. And uh, when I've uh, it, it's come up in just a couple of times uh, when you know I've corrected someone when they've uh, mispronounced you, um, just in kind of just talking just by accident and then i always just to help them get into their brain i always say how um uh when i found out that you were transitioning i was like oh yeah that makes sense uh because hans which was your uh, previous name and identity was always one of the best men i knew and uh you bent over backwards where you were a huge fighter of equality you also did you know started uh, your phd in women's studies which i don't know many men who did that uh and also when i needed my wedding dress I found a wedding dress and uh, it had been um, uh, discontinued. And then I found a woman who had one for sale in Toronto and you were in Toronto. I knew I could just be like, can you do this? And you did it. And so you are just, um, you are a a friend, a a, a soul friend of my heart and I am uh, so grateful for you.
1: Well, the the feeling is mutual. And that was a really fun, weird expedition, uh, retrieving your wedding dress. (laughs) (laughs) So, (laughs)
0: very, very funny. All right. So just to give our our listeners uh, a little bit about yourself, what would you like our listeners to know about you and your journey to who you are today?
1: Oh, my goodness. Um,
0: Just a little light question.
1: Yeah. Uh, Oh, where where to start? Um,
0: Well, um, imagine... There's listeners, and I know you know this because you work at a radio station and you've interviewed people for decades. Imagine there's there's listeners and they know nothing about you. What okay. do you think is interesting or important about right. you that you'd like them to know?
1: Okay, well, um, I, uh, I, I I guess I'm a writer and a journalist. Um, and I work at a radio station as well. I'm the program director at CHMR, which is a community radio station in St. John's, Newfoundland, Canada. And um, yeah, I, I do a lot, but I do a lot of writing and freelance work and journalism uh, uh, here locally and and more widely as well. So that's, that's, I guess, all I really know about myself. Um, <laughs> yeah, and well, uh, I guess a, a couple Mm, a little. It was over maybe two and a half years ago is when I came out as trans. Um, so that was a uh, yeah. That's that's been a bit of an adjustment and uh, and, and experience uh, as well. So I guess that's something that we can we can talk about if you'd like.
0: Yes, please. I, I think that um, there's there's a few different kinds of listeners we're going to have here. And uh, some people are um, you know, going to know trans people in their lives, and this is going to be a familiar story to them, but a lot of people aren't. And uh, one of the best ways we can uh, find uh, and, and uh, understand our common humanity is hearing one another's stories. And we actually haven't had a, t- a chance to talk about any of this, so I'm excited to know as well. Um, because uh, I have known you for so long. um, And uh, you were always a deeply sweet and caring and intelligent um, person who kind of seemed uh, like your own entity in a lot of ways. um, Anyway. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, tell me and, and the listeners a little bit about your journey. Of um, uh, what what occurred in you that uh, made you realize that you did identify as a trans person? Yeah.
1: Okay. Yeah, and I th- I think I would kind of preface it too by you know and I guess emphasizing that not every trans person's experience is the same. Mm-hmm. Um, you know the way they they come out and the way they experience it and even how they identify their own gender and 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 transitions. So. I think sometimes there's a danger of assuming one experience is common to other people. Um, so I would just kind of caution that, you know, there's a wide range of, of people's experiences. So this is just what I kind of went through myself.
0: And your um, story is important, by the way. It is, <laughs> it is just one person's story, but your your story is important. And what I always say in the show is, of course, the polit- personal is political, the political is mm-hmm. personal.
1: So right. please, yeah. Okay, cool. And feel free to jump in if you have questions along the way, that'll help. <laughs> um, but I, I mean, I, I guess I, I, knew I was trans from a very young age. Um, um, grade four, I believe is, is actually when I, when I kind of, um, came to the, the realization, but without really understanding, you know, I didn't have the scientific or kind of cultural understanding to really place that in context. Um, and the other the other problem, I guess, too, was that I grew up in a time and place where there was not very much education around trans identities at that time. Um, there was nothing really. Um, so so and and the I mean, there were trans people who were struggling um, to, you know, receive medical uh, care and so forth. Um, but. The, the healthcare system in terms of how it supports trans people, it was still in the dark ages back then. Um mm-hmm. you know there there were no human rights guarantees for for trans people at that time. Um so so everything was very kind of murky in that respect. Um I you know I I was accessed the internet and you know learned that way and kind of connected with you know trans community that way. But um in terms of where I was living, there was, you know, and growing up and going to school, there was was nothing at all. Um, So I I think, you know, it's really important and really excellent that things have improved in Canada um, and some other places as well, in terms of those supports in the school system, in terms of the medical, the healthcare system, uh, becoming more responsive and transpositive. Um, It was actually only seven years ago in Newfoundland, where I live, that um trans people uh got human rights protections. Um and it was only about two years ago that MCP overhauled its policy to streamline how it supports trans people in the healthcare system. So a and lot just of these for our,
0: our international mm-hmm. listeners, MCP is our healthcare system.
1: Yep. Yes, yes, the public public healthcare system. Um so yeah, yeah, so a lot of these improvements are very recent. Um, and they are, you know, specific to Canada. There's a lot of countries where these protections and supports don't exist and people are are still struggling for them. Um, so, yeah, so in terms of my story, you know, I grew up um, without any of those um, supports or even education. So I, you know, decided to I stayed in the closet for many, many years. Um, and, um, you know, it was not easy. Um, And it's weird because I think a lot of people, you know, I had a lot of friends growing up um, and I think a lot of people looking at me assumed, you know, things were great, (laughs) Um, you know, with occasional bumps in the road, but by and large, you know, I I had, you know, jobs and friends and all that kind of stuff. But, um, you know, this was something that you never really stopped wrestling with and it would you know, regularly send me into cycles of depression over it. And I I almost came out several times over the years. Um, um but opted not to for various reasons. Um so yeah. So you know it was something that I, I struggled with along the way. And um it was fun You're be... you're a
0: very private person in general.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Like like uh I would always ask you a question and you and you will answer, but you you are not one that offers up. Um yeah details about yourself
1: and you know it's it's interesting because one of the I mean I've been reading a lot of other trans accounts over the last few years and um one of the things that uh, is one of the common things people always say is about there's this almost a saying that you know unless you're being authentic in your gender presentation in 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 who you are you can't be authentic in other areas of your life and Hmm. you know it really underscored for me um how true that was, you know, like your entire life is kind of a a, a facade really built to support um, this this role that you're playing that you know is not actually you and that, yeah, it seriously affects every area of your life. And I noticed that change a lot once I did come out, you know, and, you know, like I find it so much easier to speak my mind or, you know, it's it's amazing how that's kind of gone and- uh, and it's changed so much. Yeah. So um, so it's very true. And uh yeah, um so that's been really interesting to uh to see happen.
0: So it was interesting because the way you used to present was uh, pretty masculine, uh, because you had a, a beard a lot mm-hmm. and you wore black all the time and um more like spiky bracelets kind of like a like a punk kind of aesthetic um and to to see you now it's much softer Mm -hmm. I I I feel like I can see more of you now like that's Mm -hmm. just the kind of and even even your um your mannerisms are uh are softer um how you move and play with your hair and and uh everything so what what's that journey been like in this this kind of rediscovering yourself because being out you you do get to interact in the world in a different kind of way
1: yeah it it's it's been really interesting um uh yeah I mean the the way I, I was before I I came out yeah like I said it was very much a role you felt like you were playing a role you know mm-hmm. um and so you, you never responded to situations authentically you know um, there was always this kind of barrier between you and the world in terms of uh, how you engaged. So, yeah. So, um, I mean, it, it's it's been interesting coming out because um, you know it's it's I mean it's an adjustment for people around you, um, and that can be that can be very challenging. You know, there's a, there was this period where most people don't know, and so you encounter people who are still you know they they have this image of you in their heads that they are imposing on you um you know i would get very angry (laughs) running into people in the grocery store because they'd yell out your old name across an aisle or they'd come up and and they you know um people always say how coming out as trans you know it's never it never happens once it's constantly happening over and over and over again and that that's very much the 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 case You're, you're constantly coming out in different situations with different people Um, And it's kind of a a, every every one of those engagements is a bit fraught because you never know what the reaction will be like or how that'll go. Um, So, yeah, um, so so it's been and it's been an interesting journey in terms of figuring out, uh, I guess, living more authentically. It's funny. the more I, I, there's a strong um, trans community on social media, you know, on Twitter, for instance, and you can almost identify the different stages of transition people are in because of wow. the common experiences they they go through. And a lot of people joke about um, kind of reliving your, your teenage years and going wow. through, and it very much feels like that. Like you're going through all the phases that you would normally have gone through in a normal, in a, you know, um, in, in your life, but you're like, rushing them all together in a few years through your transition trying to figure out okay what what clothing styles what hairstyle you know how do you express yourself um in your new identity I mean it's not a new identity but it's new to the world so how do you express that to everyone and um yeah it's it's almost dizzying you know (laughs) like uh all those changes and trying to figure out what um, both how to authentically present yourself to the world, but also to yourself. You know what you feel comfortable with in terms of your presentation, um, and how you you engage with others. So yeah, it can be really it's it's a constant process of discovery, really, um, and and it can be quite dizzying at times. <laughs>
0: Mm-hmm. and so uh as you mentioned before uh some people who are trans uh, may identify with uh, a different gender that they were assigned at birth. Some people will uh, identify as non-binary in in neither category. Um, where do you fit into that
1: um yeah I, I identify uh, as um, on, on the binary scale as, as, as a woman um yeah, so that that's my, uh, the, that would be, be my identity. And yeah, um, you know, I, I, one thing I would emphasize too, is is that um, where someone chooses to identify it, you know, it's not necessarily a permanent thing, either. Um, I know plenty of people who uh, shift uh, along that spectrum, you know, who might I, uh, um, you know, ha- come out as a trans uh, say, woman or a trans man identifying as binary, but then decide that they're non-binary um, and or or then transition, uh, you know, back to, to a binary identity. So people shift. Uh, and I think it's important. Um, I actually did this panel at this co- online conference recently that was about digital identities. And one of the things that we talked about was, um, you know, it's it's a real headache dealing with bureaucracy when you're in the process of changing your name and your gender marker. Um, it, I have just, you know, it's really underscored for me how deeply rooted your identity is in all computer systems, government systems. It's hard to change all that because you don't know where you where you are uh, recorded half the time. Um, and and one of the challenges is so many of these systems, you know, whether it's government healthcare computers or whether it's the bank, uh, you know, your your visa account, um, they are they're not used to people having fluid identities. And whenever someone um, uh, tries to change their identity um, it, it sparks all these alerts um, on social media for example um, it's one of the things that tends to set off the algorithms that are looking for 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 nefarious uh, bots and people doing bad things so a lot of trans people when they're changing their name and gender marker they get their accounts shut down because the automated systems Facebook is terrible for this you know they they, they, they think this is someone bad doing something bad um, so, so our systems in our world are not Designed um, to accommodate um, fluid identities, and that's something that really needs to change because we're, in, you know, we're realizing now that identities are fluid, um, and uh, all identities, but gender identities are, are, are one set of those.
0: Well, and this is what's so cool. Uh, so what I'm hearing uh, from you, especially the name changes and all of that, uh, women certainly uh, have a big problem with that, especially marriage or divorce or or what have you. One of my women's groups online, there was a, we had a big discussion about that and how, you know, uh, some women, when they get to a real place of empowerment, don't want to use any of the last names they've had been <laughs> assigned, because it was all men's names, right? Um, so there's this, this kind of idea of reclamation, it's personal sovereignty, and trying mm-hmm. to figure out that within the systems of bureaucracy. And, Um, Also, even just the social media piece, um, a common friend of ours um, had a problem when he wanted to add his new wife's name to his Facebook profile. And it was such a hassle that he had to shut down his account and start again. Uh, So, yes, it's kind of those those structures of, of rigidity, of, of keeping us in these norms, in, the, in these uh, kind of um, little typical boxes, and even just hearing you talk about the transition and, and figuring out your identity and also um, going through what it felt like adolescence, honestly, that um, was what a lot of pregnancy and new mama stuff was for me. I described pregnancy as, as going through adolescence a lot. I didn't understand my body at all. There was all these weird hormones. Uh, it smelled different, looked different. Clothes was weird. What do I wear now? Who am I now? You know, uh, what are my limitations now? And and then afterwards in, in new mamahood too, it was a brand new, like every time a, a child was born, uh, like a mother is born. And so that is a different, there's a, there's a fork in the road. There's the the kind of transformation, you know, the metamorphosis. So I just think about like how how really common this kind of story is. we just don't talk about it as much you know and and I know I know from you know a, a traditional kind of male side there's a lot of of uh, uh, people going through that in in their own ways too and in different kind of quarter life crisis or midlife crisis or what you know there's this kind of like cataclysm something of um, a before and after where we do transform. Um, uh, and our past experiences are with us, but there is something new, you know, we we are, we are, we are changing and growing. And honestly, that is every human being, right? Like yeah. that is evolution. That is all of us. And to normalize this kind of the transition that we each go through, um, mm-hmm. I think that would be extremely helpful uh, so that people wouldn't feel so weird and strange and You know, some people's stories may be more um, through uh, changing um, or or transitioning in genders and trying to figure out who they are. Some people, other women, uh, I know, have had to leave, you know, strict religions behind and redefine themselves. Like there's 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 a beauty in this rebirth of oneself and in redefining oneself in your own terms now and not other people's limiting beliefs did you mm-hmm. find it a freeing experience to kind of have this room and time and energy cuz you you came out to most people during the um uh lockdown pandemic uh so um uh wh- how, what was your experience like that just for for uh, folks that could kind of wrap their heads around what that transition might look like for someone
1: yeah um yeah i i i did well i guess i'll, I'll maybe walk through my my transition i Please, um, yeah. Yeah, I, so I, when I decided I was going to come out, I came out to my uh, partner at the time, um, who was actually living in a different country at the time, <laughs> um, but, or while well, I came out a bit, anyway, yeah, so I, I came out, and, um, you know, they were immensely supportive and great, um, and so my my first priority was to, um, you know, get into the medical system, and <laughs> um, um, and, and get access, you talked about hormones, and yeah, they're amazing things, uh, mm. wonderful, magical, and so strange. Um, um, like, yeah, the, so I, I wanted to access hormones as quickly as possible. It's so bizarre, like, yeah, how they make you feel differently, and like my my shoe size has shrunk significantly, <laughs> like just in the course of two years. It's all these things you don't expect, like. <laughs> and
0: your, your skin is softer.
1: Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So there, yeah, it's really remarkable. Um, and, it, you know, there, there's a, a battle around access to hormones in a lot of places, like in the UK right now, there's fights over uh, youth having access to hormones. And, you know, um, it, I never really realized until I needed to get them how important they are, and how important it is to have access to them when you need them um so i was really lucky i think being where i was where where we have quick access to them here in canada um so uh yeah so so i I started that process and it was really freeing i mean i i was really worried before coming out you know like would i regret it would it create problems how and I, when I look back, you know, it's almost laughable. It's like, wow, why did I hesitate? You know, and even why did I hesitate for for so many years? You know, like it, it, yeah. Like the 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 goodness you feel uh, coming out and, and living I mean that is it just like swamps any hesitations or concerns. And there are challenges it provokes, but um, yeah, it's it's so much more freeing and liberating. And and so that was really amazing. Um, It was it was a few months before I came out to the broader world. So I came out to my my partner at the time and then, you know, meet very close uh, you know, people at work that I had no choice, really, because, you know, I had medical appointments to go to. There was stuff going on. Um, And then it was I was preparing to come out to the wider world when the pandemic hit and um, everything shut down. (laughs) And so so that was weird. I, I am actually part of this cohort, I think, of, of trans people who came out during the pandemic and transitioned during the pandemic. And we kind of talk about it online because it's weird, you know, when you realize how much of your identity is the result of how other people like perceive and respond to you. And when no one is, is uh, when you're not interacting with people um, and they're not you know, reading you a certain way and reacting to you a certain way. It's, it's like you, you question who you are. Do you exist? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so, uh, so that was really strange. Um, I finally did come out on, on social media um, because, you know, once I started accessing the the healthcare system, you know, then I wanted to, to change my name, go through that whole process. Um, so, so I had to tell the wider world. Um, so I, you know, I, I, I wrote up a post on social media. <laughs> uh, Facebook is where I first came out, I guess, to the, the wider world. I wrote up a post and I posted it and um, it closed. Well, I changed my name on the system and then I posted kind of my coming out and then I closed my computer and ran away. And, <laughs> uh, you know, it, it, it took several hours before I had the courage to go back online because um, I had no idea how people would react. Um uh, but it was astounding. There were literally hundreds of comments from hundreds of people, all supportive. You know, I was really blown away. I, I wasn't expecting that that powerful response, um, and it was really great. You know, because there are a lot of insecurities you you face when you're trying to transition. Um, so, so get it. Hearing those messages of support is so important, um, and I, I'm a lot more sensitive to it now. When I see other people coming out, you know, it, it is really important to. Just indicate your support and how awesome you know you, you think it is um when people start engaging with you in your new name you know or use your new pronouns you like you realize realize it 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 really jumps out at you and it, it means a lot um so yeah so that that's i think really important um for people to to do if they're looking to support you know trans people in, that they encounter in their lives
0: and, and that's what I was going to ask. So uh, I'm thinking about two groups of uh, main groups of our listeners. So there are people who ha- who know trans folks uh, who may interact or, or, you know, know, and there's people who uh, don't or don't realize. And um, uh, what do you, what could those what could our listeners do to help and support the uh, kind of um, trans community in general? And then um, specifically if they know anyone in their lives?
1: Um. Yeah. You know, I, I, I think, I mean, obviously learning, you know, using someone's proper name and pronouns mm-hmm. are really important. It's huge,
0: huge. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. life affirming to do that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. 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 And, and like, I guess not to be afraid to, to ask, uh, one of the things sometimes people make assumptions, you know, and or they might use gender neutral pronouns because they, they mm-hmm. don't know they're not sure. And yeah. that can be, you know, if, if someone is constantly using a, a gender neutral pronoun for someone who has a binary identity that can be really annoying. So yeah, but so it's much easier to just to ask, you know, I I, I felt nervous asking other trans people at first, you know, uh, if I was interviewing them for a story, but now now it's second nature, you know, I realize it's just easier to ask, get it out of the way and then, and then proceed knowing who they are. Also, I think, you know, not making assumptions about people around you. Um, one of the things that really annoys me is, you know, being in the, um, customer service environment you know a store or somewhere and you get clerks who use you know sir or ma'am they're they're always making assumptions about the gender of the person they're dealing with and um like intellectually i always thought it was kind of silly (laughs) and antiquated but but then you know it i really realized how annoying it, it 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 or harmful it is to a lot of people you know um and I, I I I'm never sure how to respond because on the one hand, you want to kind of blow up on a clerk who maybe misgenders you. Um, uh, but on the other hand, you know, you know that they're trying to be nice and polite. Um, but I think it's important if if people want to be nice to people around them, not to use, not to make assumptions about their gender identity and not to you, you know, not to a- apply very gendered terms if if they don't know. Um I mean, it, it's kind of a paradox because if someone uses the proper pronouns, then I feel, oh, great! <laughs> right, that's uh, what I was
0: just going to ask. It's so weird, yeah. and just thinking about it, it is stressful for folks who are on on the other side of it, right? Mm-hmm. And it is. There's, it's, it's not a malintent, mm-hmm. right? It's a shorthand that mm-hmm. we use where a person gets addressed um, uh, in a certain kind of way. And I actually had a scenario where I was a. a uh, at the customer service desk at Canadian Tire working one day, and uh, there was a woman um, who uh, I did not know was a woman um, who had all the indicators to me um, uh, that uh, they, that it was a man. And I said, sir, and um, uh, this person got very upset and I was very confused as to why. <laughs> There was a long line and a lot of things going on and then it wasn't until um uh, she left in a huff very upset that I even realized and of course I felt horrible but you know um we're only given certain indicators you know it is a in a world that um uh we have shorthand for everything. And that's literally how our brains work, right? Is, is we have a concept for table. It's a, you know, has a top and four legs, we have a concept for car, we have a concept for man and a concept for woman. It's, it's how our brain, it just goes to a shorthand as opposed to it taking so much time for us to figure out what, uh, you know, things are, we, we started when we we're a baby and we're like, you know, uh, we have face schema, you have an eyes and nose and two face, that's a face, right? So, um, I can, I can understand both sides of it. And, uh, so it's, it's, I guess this is one of those ways where we just really have to have patience and compassion with each other. And, uh, the, the people who, um, you know, I have made the biggest impact on me are, um, folks who do take the time to say, Hey, I know you didn't mean anything by that. However, right. Like this, if you could just use this pronoun, that would make me feel a lot better. I think in, you know, 99% of the time, unless you're a total arse, um, that you'll be, oh, I'm I'm so sorry. Absolutely. You know, and um, and, and, and mistakes are going to happen. And Mm -hmm. we can't necessarily live in fear of those mistakes because then the division between people just gets bigger and bigger, you know? Mm -hmm. And that's what I, I teach in so many of my workshops is, you know, I put my foot in my mouth sometimes. Yes, because I have a certain lived experience that's very specific. Um, I am a, a, a woman who's white and, you know, I have this certain lived experience that I just don't understand. And I've had to have things explained to me and, uh, for it to not take it as a personal huge criticism, if you don't get everything right. And it's just allowing us to figure it out, you know, uh, and allowing for that space and time, uh, because we are in brand new territory here. Like, talking about being, going beyond gender, I mean, sure, we used to talk about fun things like that, you know, 20 years ago, but now we're here.
1: <laughs>
0: now we're, there's real possibilities. Now there's other uh, in check boxes of, of gender, and, and um, uh, so, you know, I think it's, it's, we're, we're just taking baby steps and yeah. figuring out, you know, how this all works beyond these archaic ideas around who and what you're supposed to be in these cookie cutters.
1: Yeah. And, you know, it's interesting because I find sometimes the um, the, the best encounters, I, uh, the most natural encounters I have are with young people, you know, like high school kids. It's like they get a lot of this stuff like innately, um, and I think it's because they're growing up in a time when, when you know, they have widespread access to to reading and knowing about fluid identities, and yeah, so you know, it's it's young children are you know, and um, youth uh, more often than not, those encounters are natural and smooth. It's it's the, their parents that um, <laughs> you know the the awkward where the awkwardness um, steeps in. Um, but yeah, I think, like you said, like mistakes happen and that's a natural thing, um, not for people to be a, afraid of, not even to make a huge deal out of, but just to learn and move on. Um, and, and there is no perfect way of of dealing with these things. You know, we're, we're all trying to to figure out how to do it. I, I think of one, one shop that I, I go to a lot and um, it only occurred to me recently when I, when I first started going there, when it first opened. Um, they referred to me as sir when I did identify, you know, I was publicly identifying as a man. It was a lot of sirs. And then at, at some point, w- once I started transitioning, but hadn't come out to the world at some point, I, I noticed there was this very subtle shift where they started using, hello, my friend. Hi, friend. How are you? And, that's so sweet. and yeah, it, it only occurred to me after I was like, wow, you know, like that's, they, they, they made that kind of subcon th- that, that very internal decision to shift how they, how they engaged, and yeah, it was really cool, and it was a very smooth, easy way of doing it. You know, I didn't even notice at the time; it, it felt so natural. But it was really good that they did that, and you know, you really appreciate. Those little efforts to to support people, you know, that means a huge amount, especially because trans people are experiencing so much, you know, institutionalized transphobia, systemic transphobia in their day to day encounters. They're getting misgendered, um, you know, they're probably having troubles, uh, you know, with work, with the healthcare system. So so many things can be going wrong. So when people take the effort to do those, you know, seemingly small, nice, supportive gestures, it like it means really the world.
0: Yeah, no. I always like to um, uh, shoot up a flare that I'm an ally, (laughs) and that I don't really care. (laughs) You know, like however you want to identify, you tell me whatever you know. um, Of course, I'm not perfect, but um, uh, Justin uh, and I are are kind of like that, and um, um, it's kind of interesting to see how people are attracted to us, just like just just kind of naturally flock to us uh, because of it. Uh, But, you know, I really do sincerely think, um, of course, there was always trans people. I mean, there's there's all kinds of evidence of that. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, looking back to particularly, you know, just about every indigenous culture, there was, you know, uh, a a lot of folks who, you know, might have been born with one identity, but had traits that were uh, more like the other. And it wasn't a big deal. Right. Like, it, it, you know, it only became a big deal when the patriarchy came in and the Victorian times and all these strict ideas of what this is what a man is. This is what a man does. This is what a woman is. This is what a woman does. And and um, uh, so, you know, I, I do feel in so many ways for us to actually advance, we need to go back to indigenous ways, you know, and how we deal with the earth, how we deal with what we eat, how we deal with each other you know, it, it, it's really fascinating because if we were all living like indigenous people have, we could continue on essentially for eternity, mm-hmm. as opposed to this 30, 40 years we have to really switch things around quickly so that Violet and other children have a, a, a world to grow up in, you know, and that's not being extreme. So I, I, I see, you know, I like the view from 20,000 feet. I'm always interested in what, what it's like in the micro and then the macro and, I see the the plight of what um, uh, trans folks are coming through now, and becoming more visible and more represented, and, and um, as as really part of our human evolution, mm-hmm. and throwing off the the shackles of these supposed very rigid ideals. Um, and so I often say, um, uh, in in passing, you know, oh, trans people—they're doing it for us for us all, right? Like it, it's 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 it, you know, A lot of folks are taking it on the chin. Not a great thing you know what I mean a lot going through a lot that that is is actually helping to birth this new world that we are in and you are a trailblazer because there is no trail before you um, and you know, there's a lot of different people in the world doing that, you know, um, in different ways, uh, a, a lot of women doing, you know, especially in the, uh, Middle East, you know, throwing off their kinds of shackles. There's men, um, who don't want the toxic masculinity anywhere. They're throwing off their kinds of shackles. So there's a lot of kind of us walking towards this truth, our own personal truth that no one else gets to decide. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah.
1: Absolutely. Um, it's it, it's so interesting because the more I, I do read about trans history, you know, it's it's like virtually every culture has had multiple genders yeah. um, historically, and and really, you know, there's there, there's not, nothing more. Maybe there's more, but one of the most patriarchal things is this effort to uh, impose gender identities on people. Um, and, and rigid binary gender identities. I mean, that is the essence of patriarchy, right there. Um, and so, and and that's why I think when you look at countries where there is um, institutionalized transphobia, it's never just transphobia. It's always in 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 parcel or e- either maybe at the vanguard of moves to um clamp down on on sexual sexual orientation rights on feminism on women's rights you know um yeah it so that the, the the struggles are all interwoven and um you know the countries where we do see repressive laws against trans people they're they're always either part of or the prelude to other repressive laws um so it's really important to to resist that i think
0: Absolutely. Um, And of course, one of the ways that these laws have been changed um, and shamed into changing most is through uh, different pride movements and LBGTQ uh, to different movements. And so you and I have worked in various pride things throughout the years. I can't even particularly remember anything off the top of my head, but I just know (laughs) we did a lot of different panel discussions and um, events and, you know, all of that. So and and pride has meant some has changed for me in in what it means. Uh, pride has changed in general, I think, um, and um, you know my, my sexuality is also something that is very personal to me, um, and uh, it's the, But I've always been a fighter for. Um, Uh, just equality for like whoever whoever you love or attracted to or want to be with Uh, but yes so just to kind of uh, just to close up uh, what what does pride mean to you I wanted to do um, a specific kind of uh, explain it to folks um, and also just give folks an opportunity to understand it or um, hear another perspective what does pride mean to you
1: Um, yeah well, pride is, is really important. I mean, for, for me, I, I think especially, you know, growing up be trans and, and not, um, not coming out. I mean, one of the reasons I didn't was because I read the accounts of trans people who were struggling um, through the system, you know, when I was growing up um, and it was such an archaic medieval, um, y- y- you know, before healthcare and before human rights started recognizing trans rights. Um, you, you know, one of the reasons I didn't come out is because I saw and read about the huge struggles people were going through who did come out as trans. So I I think celebrating, you know, the the fact that they went through those struggles is why it is so much easier now um, to access care and support. And and, and yeah, you know, they really paved that way. Um, So I think it's really important to celebrate what what they accomplished Um, and also, you know, it's funny how my, my, my thoughts around pride constantly shift. Um, you know, I've always been very critical of kind of the corporate side of pride, and and I still am in, in many ways. It's, you know, it's um, it's got a lot of problems. But I think what's important there, I, I think it is really important when you look at, I'm thinking in, especially about the struggles trans people are facing in the southern U.S., for instance, the U.K. as well. Um, the, there's really a problematic political culture. But um you know, you realize how important it is to have um, companies, you know, the all the institutions you deal with in your daily life, express their support, and, um, and and show that they are allies, and they are willing to, to put themselves on the line, you know, I think the thing about allyship is, or the the measure of allyship is when someone is willing to put themselves on the line as well for for an issue. And so, you know, I, 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 there's such a uh, I almost um, I, there's a book that came out called the Pink Line, uh, and it's talking about this, the struggle for sexual orientation and uh, gender identity rights around the world, and the and the author talks about it as kind of the front line being a pink line, <laughs> and um, yeah, you know, there is such a struggle right now that seeing those recognitions are really important. So Pride becomes an important time to to celebrate that and to assert that space you know um there was a with with all the the transphobic laws coming in in the southern us there was this amazing march in brooklyn um i think last week with thousands of people came out to support black trans uh youth um and uh that was really powerful and moving to see you know um and and is really important um cuz it it helps to 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 normalize you know fluid and diverse gender identities and it helps people know that they, there are allies and and supports out there. Um, So, yeah, so I think that's, that's really important. I read a piece by, you know, George Takei, the, um, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah. Uh, Star Star Trek. uh, Yeah. Star Star Mm -hmm. Trek fame and and much other stuff. He put out a graphic novel recently about his, uh, his family's and his personal experience in a Japan, in an internment camp during the second world war, because his family were Japanese. So they were locked up, in an internment camp for several months but anyway he you know he, he he said something about how it is important to always um stay positive and and be optimistic and you know he's like the moment you you give up and give in to all those um to the pessimism you know uh is the moment you've lost the struggle and so he said you know as someone who who lived through the you know the concentration camps in the US uh the the struggle for queer rights you know in the 60s and 70s you know he said the only thing that that won those rights was was people who were optimistic about change happening so i, I, th- I think that's part of what pride expresses
0: Yeah, because the word itself is kind of strange to me at this point. It's like pride. It's it's because it's morphed in something else. And uh, but you're bringing up something that uh, uh, Brittany Packnett, uh, uh, activist in the states, always talks about, and it's um, that joy is part of the revolution, Mm. right? That um, it's actually joy is a uh, is counter to what the patriarchy and white supremacist uh, structures want us. That you know, uh it's much easier to uh control a population that is downtrodden and depressed and full of anxiety than one that is, you know, dancing and singing and finding community and 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 strength in who they are. So um, um it's always a revolutionary act to seek joy, create joy, focus on joy. Um, I also see it in a in a way of um uh the patriarchy um is if you look at the patriarchal religions, the what's the motivation for most actions, it's avoid pain, avoid, you know, uh, th- those type things. And um, when you look at the ancient goddess religions, the motivation is uh, joy and pleasure. So it's very different perspectives of what your main motivations are. Do you, do you and, and it was huge in my head to change um, uh, and help my anxiety big time. It's like, oh, you know, oh, I got to pay these bills um, uh, to avoid, you know, the stress or avoid getting my phone cut off or avoid whatever, as opposed to like, oh, I'm going to take some of this energy that I paid so I can continue. So it's a a pleasure kind of focus as opposed to avoid fear kind of focus. And I think that really is kind of, again, part of our evolution of where we're going to. So, uh, I think I got one more question. Uh, at least, I mean, I got a million, but time, uh, but so if I could ask, um, uh, cause you do identify as a woman and I will say anyone who identifies as a woman is a sister of mine, right? Like, and you get to decide that. <laughs> no one else gets to decide that. And it is so anti-feminist to presume anyone else gets any kind of say over anyone else. And I will go fight tooth and nail with anyone who says it um, otherwise. But um, it took me a while um, um, as a cis woman uh, to actually enjoy being a woman. I went through because I was kind of good at the patriarchy. I know how to follow rules. I, I, you know, I'm a white girl. Um, And then, you know, I got out to the real world and realized, oh my God, I was so sexually harassed. I was so, you know, so many different prejudices and things. Um, And uh, so it actually took, kind of into my late 20s to start to enjoy and celebrate the power and the beauty about being a woman um uh, what do you like about being a, a woman and uh what, what does it feel like for you um to be able to have kind of your outside identity match your inside
1: hmm. it's a really interesting question um i think it's something i'm still in the process of discovering <laughs> um and,
0: well, it, it took me 30 years so <laughs>
1: uh, there you go um you know and it, it, and i'm and, and still
0: going i'm still going sorry actually yeah, interrupted yeah. you again i just had to say if it's, it's not it's not an ended process but mm-hmm. yes
1: mm-hmm. that's interesting yeah um yeah because one of the things i think growing up is y- you' you're almost having two experiences growing up one was your internal experience uh, and one was your external experience you know um and so coming out i guess as trans is kind of a process of trying to reconcile those um and try trying to bring you know the the inner life you were living um out into the public world um and then yeah that that's been an ongoing process and it, it's a weird i i really think about this a lot because i do believe that um or i've always believed you know that gender is a construct um it's socially produced et cetera, et cetera and and i still intellectually believe that mm-hmm. but um you know I, I i yet i can't deny that there is something you know something more than that because just the fact of of you know um coming out and it it being so it feeling so right i guess you know in a way that that nothing about your life ever felt right beforehand um you know means that there is something deeper going on and and i don't really understand what that is um but it's 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 definitely there so yeah so it's it's been an interesting process you know it's it's i i i i you know you know i guess i you know it would have been nice to come out earlier cuz now you you feel you know i think whenever someone does come out it's a matter of kind of going through um all those stages of learning about yourself over again um and often in a in a you know quickened uh time span <laughs> so yeah so it's it's an it's an ongoing learning process and i guess my answer to that would probably change on a daily basis <laughs> um, but um you know the I like what you said about joy because the the one overarching thing you know no matter whatever the the hassles in dealing with the bureaucracy and the you know other and people you who who might be problematic in your life um the joy that you experience is there nonetheless and that's the overarching thing and and that's what I think you know um for a lot of other uh, trans people that's the experience and that's why people you know that's what trans people are after when you know they they're looking to to um to feel that authenticity um, and joy in their lives, which so many have not been able to um, because of the patriarchy and because of these rigid gender categories that were imposed on them. Uh,
0: I I love what you said. And and this is what I've begun to realize is um, the the duality of reality. (laughs) And so, yes, we can say that, uh, you know, gender concepts and constructs are, you know, made up and in large part they are. Um, And of course, I feel myself, you know, i I have very masculine energy and masculine sides, um, which has caused me a lot of resistance and and, um, conflict in my life. (laughs) Um, uh, So I want to eradicate, you know, these these stupid uh, pressures put on us. But at the same time, uh, being able to fully identify as a woman in my woman power and understand my woman body and understand, you know, like, um, uh, to to just dive in, like, I haven't read a a mail writer in, I don't know, like, not a book in, I don't, decades, Uh, because I was just so oversaturated with mail writing for the first few decades of my life without even blinking, like, we're going to go to museums um, on Saturday for Father's Day for that's what he wanted to do. And so we got Van Gogh and Rembrandt and all like the big giants, you know, the superstars are here. And so you can see everything on it. And I can't find a single woman artist. And it includes like the, the people who were like, a, you know, um, who, uh, what's the word, who were influenced by And then so I had to stick in a modern art museum because that's the only place that I could find a woman artist. And um, it's just like, wow. So, you know, I kind of feel like that's my revolutionary kind of spirit as well is reclaiming the part of humanity that is woman that we have been taught is lesser than or you know somehow shouldn't be as celebrated or um you know uh shouldn't lead or shouldn't be part of decision making like i just want to turn all that on its head by in kind of focusing because i put a lot of thought into what name my business what exactly you're going to do and and i i, I uh, always put it out it's it's any woman identified any self-identified woman uh and i have had uh, uh, trans clients as well which is super exciting to work with um and um that uh it's, but it's kind of the truth, right? The concept is just the the gender is a concept, but at the same time, it's so rooted in something um uh, that we don't really understand, like maybe the reptilian brain or, or something that it's still something it's still something there. There's still value and power in that.
1: Mm-hmm. and I,
0: I think there was that was something about what you were saying then too.
1: yeah, no, I, I, absolutely absolutely. um, you know, I, I think, know people try and and do studies to scientifically understand this just the same as they try to isolate you know the homosexual gene you know all that kind of (laughs) stuff and and i i I am very you know very skeptical about a lot of that partly because the experiences are different for every person so i you know um uh, but but yeah also because i you know i I think we we just don't fully grasp what it is and you know why do we need to you know if, if, if if you know um Coming out in a particular gender expression is what makes someone feel joy and authenticity and satisfaction. We should, yeah, just respect that. Um, you know, whether it's coming out as a woman or a man or non-binary, uh, you know, or, or some other um, articulation. I, I love what you what what you said about the the painters and the books. This is another we, uh, one of the, the many weird things that happened after I came out. You know, like like I read obsessively. Um, <laughs> um, the last few years, I've uh, I keep a list. I've read over a hundred books each year, and you know, I, I I've always le- loved reading uh, women's uh, books by women uh, as well as men. But I, I had you know, kind of my 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 list of internal favorite authors, favorite books, favorite movies. It has completely transformed since I came out, and like it blows my mind. Like I I do not enjoy most of the the men writers that I used to enjoy. like I I can't read their their books anymore and like it 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 shocked me (laughs) um, when when this happened and that that you've I found my tastes changing so much Um, and and even you know characters in in movies and 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 the movies are like like, yeah it is nothing really prepared me for that side of things and I don't really know how to explain it either but yeah it has happened in a dramatic way um, so the the kinds of books and, and authors I'm interested in, or, or or shows I'm interested in, have changed dramatically since uh, coming out.
0: Uh, wow, yeah, yeah, and it just a, a further illustration of how much we are changing, and how much our uh, how we see the world and and interact with the world changes as we figure out who we truly are. Hmm. And uh, it also makes me think of these two sayings that I use with like all of my clients, these things always come up. And it's to say this to uh, any trans person, any person in general is these are two truths. Number one, what you think of me is none of my business, right? So it's like, really, you decide who you are what other people think. It's mostly their limiting beliefs anyway. (laughs) It has nothing to do with you. And then the other piece is uh, you teach people how to treat you. So you teach people how to treat you with respect, or, or you know, and um, how you hold yourself, how you present yourself to the world, and what the boundaries, what you put up with, those kinds of things, and those are just universal truths. Um, as we are constantly, all of us, on our paths to figure out our true selves. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, thank you so much, friend. I got to run and get Violet now. At school, I'm going to okay. be late. She's going to be mad. But uh, mad, mega love to you, and thank yeah. you. And uh, please let
1: me see your beautiful face again. Okay yeah let's, let's chat again uh, soon. <laughs> All Good right night. talk soon. We'll do. Okay.
0: Bye. Bye.